0: Welcome, Rink Reds, to season seven, episode seven of DutchRink.com's Blackhawks Rinkcast. Today is Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Jeff Osborne, infamously known on the Twitters as Puckin' Hostile and Gatekeeper. Um, I am here with three of our staff members. You'll, will, you'll will notice one that is a, a, one that is missing one square box that is missing. Andy is not here today. <laughs> so, um, I'm taking over the, the reins just like the old days. We're going old school, doing it live. And, uh, I have three of our writers here, the just regular usual doing it live. troublemakers. Um, I'm going to start down here below me, uh, And don't take that literally. Eric (laughs) Andrews. Hello, Eric. How are you? (laughs) Doing well. How are you? Good. Good. (laughs) Um, And then over here to my, uh, this way, right here, is uh, Sean Fitzgerald not wearing a green Blackhawks jersey. Hi, Sean. Tell us about your uh, hat.
1: I am wearing a Obvious Shirts 120 hat to match my green Notre Dame Big Ten hockey jersey. I'm going to see the Irish play football this weekend. Nobody cares, exactly. Nobody cares, Sean. Nobody cares. That joke will never i go. saying
2: good, Sean. You sound like an ass.
0: <laughs> good. And uh, a diagonal here. Where, where are we going here? Right down straight da- over here. Yeah. Hi, Bardo. How you doing down What's there? What's
3: up? Bardo, how's it going, buddy? It's going. How's it going? Hope hope everyone's yeah. doing well.
0: Yeah. Well, we're doing well. Um, There are some... The other things that are going well, like Connor Bedard for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Connor Bedard, he started off the season a little bit slow, and there was some, you know, there were some rumblings that, uh, you know, oh well, he's going to have a tough time. Should they send him back to junior? Which anyone with a half a brain knew that wasn't going to happen. But there was people who had mumbled that. Um, But in the let's see the stats that I have here in the. Whole month of October, he had four goals and two assists in nine games, which is okay. It's fine for a nineteen-year-old kid or eighteen-year-old kid. Um, but in the uh, what since the four November games here, he has seven points, five goals, and two assists. He's in complete nutter beast mode. I mean, it, there's there's no other way to put it. You know, the pass that he made uh, on that one goal, the behind the behind, behind the back tip pass to uh, Nick Foligno, who gave it back to him for that goal. It was it was crazy. Uh, Bartle, what do you think about uh, how Connor has uh, come along?
3: I, I mean, it's incredible to watch. I mean, we're watching this kid just become a star right before our eyes. I mean, yeah, the shots are just, you know, and how he takes the shots are impressive at the different angles. But, you know, the way that he was literally able to pick a player's pocket and just turn around and fire a shot from one of the worst angles you'll ever see. And, you know, like it was nothing. Um, I mean, it, what he does is just phenomenal. I mean, he is a, a true game changer. I mean, it's a, incredible watching him.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, that and, and that was no slouch of a player that he tipped that pass by that was Kucherov, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Kucherov, I think. Yeah, yeah you're right. So, I mean, the, he's no slouch. Well, it looks like Eric dropped off. He kind of locked up so but I'm sure he'll be back. Um Shawnee, tell me about Bedard. What do you think?
1: So, Connor Bedard, I think transcends hockey a little bit. Like in terms wow, you're of, using
0: the big words today. You're I am. Out, you, I, you brought up you brought up the dictionary today.
1: Text messages from friends of mine who want to go to games who really don't like hockey. Like one guy really likes hockey. Another guy has Really has no interest in it. He's like, we need to go see Connor Bedard. The um, the Pat McAfee show on ESPN is talking about Connor Bedard. Like that's how good he's been. He's made, um, he's made the Blackhawks obviously relevant again, and he is made hockey and marketing their stars important. Like this hot start with all the hype is just it's perfect for the NHL. Um, the little boy who held up the sign and said, "I want to be like Connor Bedard when I grew up," and he threw the puck to him. Like that was all over social media, just because of how well he's playing. And then, obviously, like the the crazy angled shots and and the Hawks have been in games where they have no business being in because of him. And every time he's on the ice, like uh, Vosters gets a little when he gets the puck, you can tell his voice changes. Like he says, Connor, but like he amps up his voice a little bit because you just every time this kid touches a puck, you don't know if he's going to do something special with it. It's really fun to watch.
0: It, it's kind of like the same thing as like what you would hear in Pat Foley's voice when like Patrick Kane would mm-hmm. touch the puck. Yep. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I even think like Beerson.
3: I was going to say, like beyond even Kane, the last player that I remember that people like held their breath for and watched when he touched the puck was I don't know if you guys remember pavel bore when he was a rookie and the guy I do i think he when he came on the ice i mean the fans went nuts you know it was just like a collective like let's breathe in and it, it was crazy and so and obviously he would just you know do something spectacular whether he scored or he didn't um i think we also need to recognize that you know the uh, the the fact that you know bedard is um Accounting for, I think something like twenty eight percent of the team's offense, which you know is not, it just shows how bad the team is. Um, you know, my father, and astute hockey mind, um, you know, I'm being facetious there. Said you know, <laughs> he's great, he's great, but the rest of the team sucks. And you know, he's if right. If you're listening,
1: he- don't give him the extra stuffing at Thanksgiving.
3: Exactly, you know. So, so he, and he's one hundred percent right. I I told him that. He's like, he he, he watched the uh, the Florida um, Blackhawks game over the weekend, and he said, "Here's my observation: Bedard's incredible. The rest of the team sucks." I said, "You're right." I said, "That's that's exactly what it is." So yeah,
1: yeah, Andy and piggybacking, or not Andy? Sorry, Bardo. Piggybacking. <laughs> wow. <off laughs> uh, I don't know who should be off. more offended, <laughs> <laughs> Bardo or Andy? Um, just piggybacking off that, like personally on sunday i watched the entire i didn't watch any football like i was transfixed on the hawks game the entire time just making sure that i didn't miss anything badar did yeah. because that's the, the kind of player he is you just don't want to miss it live and we were there, a fantasy,
3: so what the hell is there to watch anyway so. So.
0: they
1: were they played on thursday but in any event that's yeah, true i don't really watch them anyways but
0: yeah, I was at, um, I was actually, whichever game it was where he had the two goals. Um, I was at the we hockey in rink
1: Tampa.
0: and I had asked them to put it on the screen at the hockey rink, but there was other, you know, there were games and stuff going on. So it was kind of chaotic. And every kid that walked out of there, what the Hawks are winning? What did Bedard get? Like that was their first two questions, you know, after they saw the score. Oh, the Hawks are winning. Because of course the Hawks were winning against Tampa Bay and no one was expecting that. And the second was what did Bedard do? Bedard had two goals. Oh man, yeah. you know, I would say Korczynski had a goal too, because he had a goal that game too. And they didn't care about Kevin Korczynski, I'll tell you that. They all wanted to know what Connor Bedard did.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: Eric, you want to jump in on this Bedard stuff? We wait, were just wait, before you do about... that.
3: Shout out to Robert Brown. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Bardo. Mm-hmm.
0: Eric, tell us about uh, your thoughts on uh Bedardo. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know what I missed. Well, uh, I was getting the hamster wheel going, so I apologize. But um, yeah, I mean, to me, what's really stood out and, you know, we heard this from Luke Richardson, I believe a little over a week ago, you know, talking about how he really wanted Bedard to be more aggressive, chasing pucks down, you know, getting more involved on the forecheck, things like that, you know, taking things in, into his own hands and, and making things happen. And that's exactly what he's done in both games. Um, you know, especially the Florida game. I mean, that obviously the four-check uh, forced turnover goal was incredible. But um, it's just been so fun to watch. You know, because we saw at the beginning of the season he was generating chances. You could see the talent was there. You could see it was going to come eventually. But then, you know, when he actually is now really starting to put things together and playing a very well-rounded game it's extremely exciting, especially considering we're what 13 games into the season. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And the difference, like, you know, I mentioned it earlier when you dropped off, I mentioned the the difference in the stats from October to November in in nine games in October, he had uh six points in four games in <laughs> November. He's got seven points. Like mm-hmm. it's, he, it's like, he finally hit that other gear, that next gear. And he, he's like, where it all of a sudden it all comes together and everything makes sense. It's kind of like it seems like what's going on here. No, well, I mean we, you
2: could kind of see that it was coming too. I mean you could see you know he was generating those chances and playing a really effective game, but the pucks just weren't going in, and you know other guys were missing on opportunities and stuff. But you could tell that at some point the floodgates were going to open. He was just going to start tearing teams apart, and we've started to see that over the last couple games. Yeah, for sure,
0: for sure. Well, there's, that's all the good, you know, the good stuff that's going on with the Blackhawks. There's, you know, if if you look at the stats and you look into it, there's not a whole lot more to look, you know, to look forward to, but there's, there's some lights, you know, at the end of the tunnel with some stuff. And, um, the second part of this is, is, is somebody who's probably getting overshadowed greatly at this point in time. And it was a guy I wondered why they kept him around as long as they did with all these, you know, young players that they just decided they were just done with. Especially from like the Bowman esque era. Um, Philip Kuryshev, like, uh, they just have always kept him around. Um, and for a while there, all of us questioned why they were keeping him around like they were. He was okay, he's fine, but you could find, you know, you could find a million okay, fine guys out there on the free agent market out there as well, you know. So, uh, why were they being so patient with Kuryshev and all that other stuff? Um, Shawnee, what do you think about Philip Kershev?
1: I think he's playing well on the top line with Bedard right now. Um, Our friend, I believe, Ben Pope wrote an article about how um, he's (laughs) kind of been the most stable guy uh, with kind of Bedard on the top line. He's gone in the corner and got pucks and won puck battles for him. So I think he's been pretty good. Like, Bedard just needs people to get him the puck and, like, go do the work in the dirty areas for him. Which is what Kuresev did, and Andy said it. And I, I, I don't know if it was. A, I mean, Andy said it a couple of weeks ago that Kuresev would be the guy if there was like a nuclear holocaust. Kuresev would still be at the United Center showing up to play. So he's just a <laughs> guy. He's just a guy that's always. He's there.
0: like uh, la cucaracha. He's like a cockroach. Like he, you, yeah, he's always yeah. going to be around, right? Kuresev, the cockroach. I think we got a new nickname here. We <laughs> put that on a T-shirt, huh? <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Go ahead. No,
1: you're good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think he's been steady. He's uh, Luke Richardson has said since coming back um, from his injury, there's been a couple games where he's been the best player on the ice for the Hawks. So I think he's playing well.
2: Yeah. E-Dog. Kershev. I mean, I think the thing that kind of stands out to me, especially kind of when you look at the last couple of seasons and then to what he's doing now is he's almost kind of like the epitome of a guy who plays to the level of the guys that he's playing with. And, you know, for the first time in, you know, a couple of years, there is that elite level guy that he can really play with and, you know, play that style of game and do the things that he does well. And it actually makes a difference. Um, I mean, yeah, they have obviously had Kanan to bring it in the past, but, um, you know, Kershev wasn't really playing with those guys. He was, you know, more in a depth role and in and out of lineup and stuff like that. But, you know, now that he's kind of a regular guy and is getting that chance alongside a obviously supreme talent in Conor Bedard and is able to complement Bedard's game really well. You know, I think we're seeing that Khrushchev can be a pretty effective NHL player in the right situation.
0: Bardo, you got anything to add to this Khrushchev talk?
3: I do after I take it off mute. <laughs>
0: um,
3: yeah, no, I. This is a think... work
0: conference call. Sorry, I was on mute. I was double yeah, sorry, muted. Yeah. Sorry,
3: man. Yeah, sorry, I'm <laughs> mute.
0: Um,
3: no, I, I think he's just a guy that, um, you know, does a lot of good, nothing great. But I mean, I think you kind of need those guys, and you could put him in the top nine, and you kind of know what you're going to get. You're going to get steady play. You're gonna get a guy who goes in the corners. You're gonna get a guy who can, you know, give you a good pass. Who could shoot? I mean, he he could do a little bit of everything. I mean, there's not one thing to me that stands out that he that he does. I mean, he plays on special teams. So to me, I think he's a very very useful player. Um, and for right now, I think I think what they for what they have talent wise, I think he's fine. He's working out fine with uh, with Bedard. So no problem with there. And and how
0: about the uh, the sudden news that came out this week that the uh, La Cucaracha uh, Kurashev got bit by a jellyfish in the game?
1: Uh, yeah, who peed on beforehand. him? All right, who peed on him? Was it that was my joke,
0: Mister? That was my joke. <laughs> well, uh,
1: well, I mean, I could see I could see Conor Murphy being like, I stepped up, being like jelly, where he couldn't pee on him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wah wah wah!
1: I've been watching a lot of Friends lately. You just made the list. Ooh, nice. Chris Jericho. Nice. There you go.
0: You just made the list. You just made yeah. the list.
1: Jericho-holics, you know. There we go.
0: So anyway, um, while there's, there's good things, uh, we got to slip a little bit of what, what I may consider bad, uh, in here. And, you know, we've been notoriously rough on this guy he, and it's not like, why, why Kaiser, uh, we've been notoriously rough on him too, but, um, How about Lucas Reichel? What's going on with him? Apparently now we're hearing that, you know, they were working him in at center again. I have, I don't think it has anything to do with them trying to uh, make him into a center at this point in time. I think it's more just an injury shift thing and they were running out of people that could take face-offs and he's taken some face-offs. So they, they threw him in there. That's really what I think that is. Uh, They tried it. It didn't go well. They, I can't imagine that they would go away from it for, what, four games and then go right back to it again. Uh When things are going well and they're playing well, Like there would be no reason for that. Uh, if anything, you want to give a guy who's struggling, you want to give him a little bit of room, and you don't want him to be the focus of the play right at center and the pivot going up and down the middle of the ice all game long. Like You'd want him on the wing where he can hide, maybe sneak behind some people, things like that. So, um, you know, Lucas Reichel, we – we, we know how many people proca- proclaimed him the next big thing last year because he had, you know, a, a, you know, an okay stint with the Blackhawks. And that's fine, you know, that he played well then, but I wanted to see him make it through the league one time. And, you know, now he's come back, you know, they they they, they did, did all these stories about how he, uh, you know, he bulked up and he's, you know, worked out and he did this and he did that. and. Now he comes out and like he can't hit the broadside of the barn right now, mm-hmm. like he can't do it's it's either a whole bunch of bad luck or something's wrong or or something you know because for him to be as good as he looked to then turn around and look as bad as he's looked and and I think there's a lot of puff pieces going on out there praising him, uh, try, you know a, trying to give him some good press, maybe make him feel better. I don't know what it is. Um, but there's some premature puff pieces out there about how he's, you know, finally getting better and this and that. And them trying to find some some kind of like light in him playing, you know, well right now. I don't I don't get it. Um, you know, unless you know the Hawks PR staff was just You know, hey, you think you could throw an article out there about Reichel? He's struggling right now, and let's try to get him some positive press, kind of thing.
1: Um, Did they put it in his locker? Then tape it up. Look, somebody said something good about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No
2: kidding, Eric. You start on Reichel. I mean, I think you know. For me, I wouldn't even say that he's been bad. It's just he's been completely invisible the whole season. You know, it's not like he's been making a bunch of bad mistakes and you know things like that. It's just he hasn't done anything. So. It's, it's, it's strange. I mean, we've talked about this many times. Okay. We,
3: we might've lost them. Missed the punchline. Beep, beep, beep,
0: beep, beep. <laughs> Get that Barco, hamster me, running faster. Yeah, we'll come back to him. Bardo, give me some, uh, Give me some Reichel news you know,
3: news. You know I, I think the one thing that you said that was um that was interesting to me is that you know are if they're moving him because of injuries back to center it's like what what message are they trying to send but i think it, it's just very strange like you can't keep flip-flopping him so you either keep him in one position or not you know the other thing is if they're ha- if they have all these injuries and they're trying to get him jump-started I, I'm not sure why they haven't called up someone like Cole Gutman who actually has played, you know, fairly well when he's up here relative to his expectations. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I'm just, I'm surprised they haven't brought him up to try to maybe jumpstart. I'm not saying its he's the answer, but you know, nothing else is working. He's worth a try I, though. Yeah.
1: It's I, worth
3: a try. Yeah. But I think we're, I think we're, you know, we're kind of delaying the inevitable if it keeps up this way, which is basically sending him back for, to Rockford. And I said this on the last podcast. It might not be the worst thing for him because they did that with Brandon Sod. Um, Sod was a second-round pick who had first-round, you know, pedigree going into the draft, and he fell because he had a bad final year, if I remember correctly. But he benefited from going to the minors, got his confidence back up, and you know, learned a couple of things, and and then the rest is history. So. Could that happen to him? Certainly. But it's like, you know, at this point, they, they've got to do something. I mean, we're, you know, 12 or 13 games into the season, he, and he is not doing anything. I think I think Eric really said it right. He is invisible. He's not doing anything bad. He's just not doing anything. So I think that's the best way to put it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, the only thing you do is you see him skating out there 1,000 miles an hour. That's about yeah. what you see. But he's not being physical with it. He's not really doing anything to get the puck. Uh, he's just kind of skating around like a maniac, like kind of, kind of a lot like Andreas Athanasiou did, uh, when he was younger, uh, kind of the same thing. Didn't really do a whole lot of anything, but skate like the wind, uh, which doesn't do any good if you can't, you know, do anything with the puck on your stick. It's
3: it's basically Victor Stolberg. Yeah. Oh, that's a a good
0: comparison. I have thought that I have thought that with, uh.
3: Big European yeah. dude, skates fast, but doesn't do yeah. anything else. And then finally yeah, yeah. stolberg found a role on the penalty kill, and then it worked yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Shawnee.
1: Um, so Andy Campbell, uh, who's not here tonight, digs deep into the, the, the Reichel issue. Uh, he posted his article today, so just check Thank that you. out. Thank but you. Thank
0: Andy, you, Sean. Thank you for that plug.
1: Um, but Andy said uh, in his article, and I kind of agree with it, like the 17th overall pick. Like, aside from the likes of Kyle Connor and Thomas Hurdle, there's not like any really star players that have come out of that pick recently. Now, I know uh, Reichel has been he was really hot when he came up last year, he's been really down. I think where he's at is probably somewhere in between that. Yeah, I don't think I would agree with that. I don't think he's the superstar, but I don't think he's as bad as he's been so. I agree with um, Gate and Bardo. If they have to call up Cole Gutman to get him going, call up Cole Gutman to get him going. Like, you've got to do something because regardless of what happens record-wise this season or points-wise, like, you've got to have your building blocks in place for when the next wave of prospects come. Like, we were discussing when Oliver Moore and Frank Nizar and and Samuel Savoy and all those guys that are – ready to make, when they're ready to make the move, there's already pieces in place. You're not filling holes you already think you have already been filled. You're just uh, supplementing to that.
0: How about Tag Thompson? Will Tag Thompson fill any of those holes? Well, you
1: know, uh, Gerald Gallant and Tag Thompson, (laughs) um, maybe Maxine Domi. uh, Sean
0: Goldstein. Don't forget Sean Sean Goldstein.
1: Goldstein. Yeah, they'll all go out for uh, uh, dinner and a pie some night. So.
0: <laughs> Eric, you got any other... You got? Any, I, I know you started to talk about Reichel and then you kind of dropped out. You got anything else you want
2: to add to it or you want to move bit. on? Internet issues is my bit, Eric. I know. I apologize. Um, it only does this when I'm trying to record a podcast. So, love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... For what? <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys, from what I heard, covered it fairly well. But, you know, the thing that I always kind of go back to with him and a lot of people, you know, kind of going on what Sean just said there, you know, people have these high expectations for him thinking he's going to be a top line guy based on what his skill set is and just kind of what he is. He's a middle six winger on a, on a cup contending team. He's a third line winger. There's nothing wrong with that. Every team needs that, but he's not, you know, a game changing type of player that's going to change the trajectory of a franchise. Now, Hopefully Oliver Moore can be that 2C long-term. We obviously have, you know, the number one center on lockdown at this point. So that's great. But, you know, so you don't need him to be a top six center, probably, hopefully. But he's not even a center as we've seen. So it's like, okay, why can it not just be okay for him to be a middle six winger? Why is that a problem? Mm -hmm. I finally
0: remember someone saying that Lucas Reichel's upside probably his his ceiling was middle six winger and i was that person was vilified for that
1: is 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 he a taro a tavo teravainen type player if Sure. He's, that, if that's he's what left, Tevo, that's what tavo is right that'd
2: be great yeah yeah and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that people don't no. understand that that's the biggest problem is people don't understand that that's okay or you know
0: it, it and people have a hard time relating to the fact that just because a person is drafted in the first round means they have to be a top liner or a starter or whatever. Sometimes you draft sixth defenseman in the first round. Sometimes it just works out that way. And because you drafted Phil or uh, Lucas Reichel in the first round doesn't mean he's got to be a first line winger. You know, there's people, there's a lot of people in the NHL that were drafted in the first round that became third line, shutdown players. Like, it happens all the and, time. And as Lucas, say Reichel, with the...
1: Lucas Reichel was projected as the 20th or 25th overall pick. He was reached for by the Blackhawks. Yeah. He wasn't even a top 17 pick. So, like, that should lower the expectation on his ceiling, yeah. theoretically, because the lower your pick in the first round, your ceiling should go down.
3: The Just old like adage goes, it, in every sport that has a draft – They're all prospects until proven otherwise. So we can project them for every single, you know, what they are, what they might be, what they won't be. They're all prospects until proven otherwise. And it's all system related. It's just so many factors into it. And, And quite frankly, look, if he becomes a third line winger, I mean, Look at when what Tara Vinen was on that, Um, I think it was the, what was it, 2013 team? It was
1: the 15 team. It oh, the 15 the- team.
3: And he was on the third line and how big of a mismatch he was with his yep. speed. Could Reichel was- be that? Absolutely he could be. So, yeah, But I- for now, he may be force-fed into being a second-line guy or a first-line guy. But, you know, yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong if he ends up at, at the end of the day being a valuable third-line guy. And that that does multiple things power play and 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 penalty kill etc so Not yeah, that's fine i mean yeah. you
0: what you what you typically want is you want to make you know depending on where you draft a guy in the first round you want a person who could probably play for your organization for a while and and be useful and have a useful position that doesn't mean he's got to be the first liner uh anything after that second third liner like then you're getting to guys who may be fringe guys and then and then it just goes down the line. You just want to, you know, if Lucas Reichel becomes a good second, third line winger that can, you know, is good, responsible on both ends, can chip in a couple goals, can be a little bit of a playmaker. That's fine. That's perfectly fine where they drafted him. If he turns into that, that's
3: great. And also let's remember when they drafted him. They were still trying to figure out a way to contend. And it's not like they were like hoping that he was going to be some sort of a savior. I think they saw his upside and said, you know what, we can develop this kid. And, you know, take it from there. Now, with the whole rebuild and that happened, I think a lot of people maybe erroneously looked at him as like a savior, not the savior. And I'm talking pre-Bedard, but a lot of people thought of him as, okay, he could be a core guy. But now you look at him and it's like maybe he's not and he's he's just another guy on the team and he's not going to be like a, a first line winger or second line winger in the future but and erroneous erroneous, yep. erroneous on both counts i was waiting <laughs> for you know.
1: um and stan bowman drafted him let's not forget that so yep. and, and andy points that out in his article that him and the scouting director whose name escapes me weren't even watching games Mark at Kelly? the point when they drafted lucas reichel so i mean i mean reichel could fall into like i and what gate was saying earlier too like every Everybody's been stressing that prospects just because they're not a first line guy doesn't mean they're a failure. And yeah. I think we have to, like, as a fan base, be educated on that. Like, just because your guy, like, he was taken in the second round or the third round, and he's not on the top two lines, doesn't mean he failed. It just means he's he has a different role within the team, and that's fine. You need to roll three good lines and a fourth line that can just people. And that's how you, that's how you win hockey games, especially Mm -hmm. in the playoffs.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, And, and the other thing, like, just think about this example, Dave Boland, the guy was like a 200 point scorer in in juniors. juniors, And what did he, what did he, what did he end up being with the Blackhawks? He ended up being a good shutdown third line center. Yeah. That was not really a scorer. I mean, he was not a big scorer at all. He completely transformed what he was as a player to to fit what they needed And, in and, 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 and like I try to tell this to kids sometimes too i find something you're good at and get to be really good at it
1: mm-hmm.
0: like you could always you know fill in around the edges with stuff but find your niche yeah. find what you're going to be you might be the fast guy out there you might be the sniper out there you might be the the shutdown defenseman out there find what you're good at and hone that and make it perfect yep. and and you'll always have you know, there's always gonna be someone out there who's gonna need
1: that. There's always you know? a role for those guys, yeah. Yep. Yeah,
0: there's always a role for you. You don't have to be Connor Bedard, not everybody is Connor Bedard. In fact, very few people are Connor Bedard, like one person's Connor Bedard, yeah. And so, like, you know, you got the Michael Roosevelt's and the Brent Soples and all that stuff, like they found their niche, they found what they were good at. And they hung around a long time doing the thing that they were good at. Mm -hmm. They weren't good at much else out there, but they were, you know, they were good at the things that they, uh, you know, they had honed. So like, I I have no, I I think a lot of people, when we say that, like, you know, he's been a disappointment, Lucas Rickles has been a disappointment. Yeah. He has been a disappointment because he hasn't really done anything like Bardo to Bardo's point. He hasn't done anything. Um, But when he starts doing something, he's going to be valuable. I think he's got skill. So like, and if he isn't, he isn't, but he looks like he has the skill to stick around. I think. And, so and look, like,
3: even yeah. if he doesn't end up becoming anything that we all hope he was, I mean, you know, you always see these types of quote unquote hockey trades or whatever it is where, you know, somebody sees some untapped potential and says, you know what? We like his size. We like his speed. We think, you know, you know, getting him a, a fresh start over here can, and, you know, and the Hawks end up getting somebody that's, you know, useful to them. I mean, look at the Nylander, the, the Nylander trade that ended up getting them. Uh, what was it? Sam Lafferty and look what Lafferty turned into multiple yeah. picks. So, I mean, that type of stuff happens all the time and nothing's forever. And, and, you know, who knows if he's going to be a core guy or not, but you know, if, if he's, if he show he's got talent, we all know that. And maybe it's just not going to work here. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to jump
0: like, that gun just yet, but no. Yeah,
3: no. But I'm just saying, yeah, it,
1: yeah, it, it, it may be a couple of years. Yeah. Who knows? It may be yeah. less. So, yeah, it's, oh, it's all about developing him right now. So just yeah. trying to get him right. Exactly. Into I, what, sure. what could be.
0: Yeah, I'm sure everyone's is. tired with our Lucas Reichel talk here.
1: And Mike, <laughs> I think Michael Froleek is the better acquisition trade for a guy who struggled in one situation. I think Michael Frolik is that one. Yeah. Definitely. He's another
0: one. Yeah, him and Bolin were kind of the same thing. Like Frolik yeah. was a leak was looked at as uh I believe Frolik was called like Little Hosa or something when he was a kid or something like that. Uh they were comparing him to like Hosa, I guess. Yeah. I think that was the story. It might have been I was pretty sure it was Hosa. Um but then, like, he turned out to be, you know, a good two way third line player, shutdown guy. You know, scored that it great uh, that, yeah, uh, scored that great playoff goal. Or was it, was a playoff? Week? Yeah, it, yeah right? it was
1: against the Red Wings. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that, uh, it was the, uh, the penalty shot, that yeah, move yeah. he made. And he Toney was a first
3: round pick too,
1: wasn't he? He was. Yeah. They traded, um, it wasn't Dylan Olsen. It was, uh, I didn't, uh, God, I didn't like the guy. I hated
0: him. Who was it? I think I traded a whole bunch of people. That was when they were unloading after the cup. No, but,
1: but it was, it was fruit. It was, uh, it's going to kill me now. Cause they Who got is? Alex
0: Salak too the, the alligator, Alex, the alligator Salak, the goalie. That's a name for everybody.
1: <laughs> what was um, what was I name? was really high on that
0: guy too. Anyway. All right, we'll, we'll move on. Sean, if you get it, we we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So. All right, let's 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 talk about goalies. The nice segue, Kate. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the goalies. We're going to talk about Alex Salak. Let's talk about uh, Peter Mrazek and Arvid Soderblom. When we get hit, uh, you could knock it out. Uh, we could talk about both of them when I call on you. Mrazek's um, been great. Like Mrazek, he's, he's, what, a 917 or something. Yeah. Uh, save percentage, which is above league, league average. Uh, if he could just stay healthy, he would, he would be fine. Soderblom has been bad. There was a couple times in the one game in particular where he should have definitely been pulled. I think he gave up six or seven that game. It was um, Arizona, sh- Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was awful in that game. I mean, he just wasn't seeing it. And I like Arvid Soderblom. Uh, I, I think he's, you know, got a future as a uh, backup, probably maybe a fringe starter somewhere. Um, but he's still young and, uh, You know, he just, he hasn't been feeling it. So, um, but I haven't surprised about Mrazic and, and, and let me throw this out to you guys a little bit here. I was thinking, I was thinking if Peter Mrazic can, can, can hang in there. And now this was before some recent events happened, but that I was thinking about this, if he could stay healthy, could we, or uh, the Royal, we,
1: yeah. Nice talking um, to you Kev. see you around.
0: could we send Peter Mrazek to the Oilers for Jack Campbell and some sweetener like a some picks or something like that and hang on to Jack Campbell and then we could you could buy Jack Campbell out after a year or two mm-hmm. what do you guys yeah. think about that idea? That was just something I was thinking in my head when when and, and of course things changed because they actually fired the coach. but normally what you hear people say is that before you fire the coach, give, give them one trade, give them a trade. And maybe they traded with the, obviously we're unhappy with Jack Campbell Give him Peter Moranzek, who's, you know, cost next to nothing is playing very well. Like maybe you could talk a, you could talk a Ken Holland into something like that. Uh, Eric, I'm going to, I'm going to hop on you on this one. Yeah. Before talk, about the goalies and talk about that.
2: Yeah. Before the internet cuts out again and yeah. Jack Skilly was the name you're looking for, Sean.
1: That's who I was looking for. Um,
2: but yeah, I mean, as far as the goalies, I think that's definitely an interesting idea. Um, and, you know, anything like that needs to be on the table for the Hawks at this point. You know, there, there's there's no type of deal that they shouldn't at least consider. Um, now, of course, you know, moving Mrazic is probably going to hurt them this season. Not that that's the end of the world, but it's just the reality. You know, if I, I don't see Jack Campbell playing anywhere near that level of course and you know if Soderblom would were to continue to struggle obviously you know the the outlook for the the rest of the season would go you know below what it already is so um but yeah I mean I I think that's an intriguing idea. You got anything else as far as like you know the goalies individually or anything you want to point out? Uh no I'm just pleasantly surprised with how good Mrazik has been I mean he he legitimately has been very good this season, and has definitely kept them in games and and made a lot of saves that he shouldn't have. And uh, yeah, let's just hope that he can stay healthy and keep it up, Shawnee
1: Yeah. So Morazic did an interview, and uh, I can't remember who it was, but I read it today, and he said he was healthy. He said he he hasn't felt this healthy since when he played with Carolina. And I think the Blackhawks usage usage of Mrazek. Easy for you one, to say. Yeah. It's um kind of helped Marasik stay healthy because he really doesn't play. He hasn't played. Cons- they've kind of split it down the middle, so each guy, it's your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. So I think that plays into it, and he's been marazic has been really good, especially considering how many pucks he sees, because the Hawks' defense. Uh, I know most of us who have been watching. They're they're not. Uh, it's not uh, Henrik Zetterberg and all those guys back there. It's. Uh, we're with uh, Luke um, Korczynski and Wyatt Kaiser doing the El Matador defense at times. Well, yeah. So, you know,
0: if you look at the stats, like, like I pulled up the stat, the the, uh, the high danger chances against they're like almost in the bottom two of the league. High danger goals against. Um, high danger save percentage is actually not bad, and their five on five save percentages actually pretty good, ninety one. Like as a yeah. team, and that's including Soderblom. So like, yeah.
1: And I I think Soderblom, his numbers look way worse than they actually are. I think the Arizona game was just the Hawks themselves overlooked the Arizona Coyotes, and Soderblom just was bad that night. So it was a combination of his team overlooking their opponent, and he was bad. So that's why he gave up seven goals that night. And I think with um, Richardson trying not to overuse Morazic, and like his workload, I think that's why Soderblom wore it for the two periods, and then he's got one other bad start. The thing with Soderblom that I've noticed is consistency. He hasn't been consistent. Like if you can give us league average goaltending or just slightly below consistently, that's perfect for right now. But he hasn't been able to do that. He's he was really good against Boston. He w- he was really good against Toronto. Then he was trash against Vegas, which understandable. They overlooked Arizona. Then he was really good against New Jersey. And then he had a save percentage below .90 against Florida. So just some consistency out of Soderblom would be a huge lift for this team and would help his outlook for the future because he's right now their their tentative heir apparent to the net because uh, Drew Camesso is not ready yet. And Jackson Stauber, as I said, in my article is a minor league goaltender.
0: <laughs> go ahead, pump Which, up your Jackson. You, you, Sean did a very nice piece about Jackson Stauber. So go over to the read Andy's piece about Reichel, read Sean's piece about Jackson Stauber if you want to read more
3: about that. Bardo, goalies. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm seeing the exact same thing you guys are. I mean, S- Soderblom is just way below average and you know every night it's like an adventure i mean I, i'd like to see him more consistent um morasic I, I mean we all I, would yeah <laughs> I, i'm i'm pretty much i know what i'm going to get every night uh, at least at worst average goaltending if not slightly above average you know another place i was thinking about to potentially trade him is colorado um you know because they just lost um Pavel, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. France.
0: Yeah, I was going
3: to say, don't let me handle that one. Yeah, exactly. No We're not. So... He'll be tagged, tag, tag Frank <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're, look, they're, 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 an, they're an Alex Georgiev injury away from, you know, being in, you know, up a creek. So they, they need, you know, be a reliable like second Matt bulletin. Tompkins. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, look... Peter Morazic, if he continues to play this way and stays healthy and, you know, ultimately, you know, goalies get moved, um, you know, by the deadline, he's going to become a pretty valuable chip. So,
0: yeah, just, just, let's just hope that he stays healthy because yes. he is uh, fragile to say the least. So,
3: but I think what you said in Frangine, terms of a trade that French. brings back a, uh, a veteran goalie, like a Jack Campbell, somebody like that, or like that has like a a horrible contract, I think that might be the better way to go because I don't think they really want to go with, I mean, they're not tanking and I don't think they want to go with a, a combination of um, Soderblom and, and Stauber because I guess, Ooh. I guess he would be the next guy up. So um, I think they and would honestly, to you,
0: play. you think like for Campbell, who's probably going to need, you know, a fresh start. Mm-hmm. Um, going to like a young team that there's no expectations, the fan base is still hanging in there. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hear night in night out. Why did Campbell do this? Or why did Campbell do that? He could be the, you know, he could be, he, by all I like, he's you, if you watch them on the TV series, like he seems like a good dude, a good teammate, supportive guy. Like he probably be, you know, a good mentor to the younger guys.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I you know, sure. Is he expensive? Yeah. Would you have probably have to use a slot to buy him out or you know before his contract's up? Maybe, yeah. But if you get some sweeteners out of it, uh, you know, and you know, send a Peter Morazic so they have a goalie back and uh get you know, I'm not saying you're gonna get a first round draft pick for taking Jack Campbell, but you might get a second, um, you know,
1: if you know, that Campbell on top wants, of it. If Campbell wants to leave, apparently he has a, modified no trade clause. So he has 10 teams. So hopefully the Hawks are well,
0: I mean, let's be honest. You go to Peter or you go to uh, to Campbell and go, do you want to play in Bakersfield or do you want to play in Chicago? Mm -hmm. It's up to you, man, because otherwise you're going to, you're going to be playing in Bakersfield, riding the bus, just like the Charlestown chiefs for the, you know, all winter long through Canada, or you could go to Chicago and you could live, you know, live it up in a nice big city, get a fresh start. Get like a go, picture go over in there.
1: front of the bean. You never know.
0: Yeah, get a picture in front of the bean. Mentor <laughs> some kids, like, <laughs> in, it, like I said, I like Jack Campbell. I think he's a nice dude, but like, it's not working in in Edmonton. And like, who could have foreseen that? Uh, you know, going from Toronto, where surprisingly he was actually good, and then going to Edmonton. So is he, he going to just... go
1: from a bad defense to a worse defense to the worst defense if he comes to Chicago? Is that how Jack Campbell's tra- defensive trajectory is going to go?
0: No, I, I think he'd be going to a better defense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> our defense is better than defense.
0: defense is brutal, man. Oh, <laughs> they horrible. are awful. So anyway, well, sticking on, sticking on the, uh, the, the goalie topic, just something quickly that got, uh, got kind of brought up within like i think it was yesterday or something like that was kind of like i thought it was like a throw-in piece or something Mm -hmm. Corey crawford i guess they're gonna retire his number or put him in their ring of fame out of rockford um
1: yeah i mean he's spent a ton of time there and i guess
0: well on top of it i guess uh what comesso i think is gonna have to give up his number isn't he isn't he more than
2: 29
1: yeah Sorry. Well, he wa- he
2: wanted twenty nine, but they told him coming into the season he couldn't have it. Ah, there you go. There you mm. go. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah so I mean,
0: it, it's Corey Crawford. I was always a Crawford apologist. Like I thought that he he got a bad rap a lot of times. He was solid. Um, was it? You know, he he was frustrating early in his career. He would give up. He would give up some some head scratchers.
1: Um, the The first goal against Vancouver in 10-11, that yeah. like. Uh, knuckle puck that went in, yeah. And they lost game one, I believe. That was, but he cleaned it up.
0: Yeah. And then you know, for the 13 Cup run, the 13 and 15 Cup runs, he was like, he was nails, player. man. He was, he was there, you know. So it's like, I did, This is probably well deserved, you know, especially at Rockford, where you don't get a whole lot of guys that are having a huge, you know, swath of success that went through Rockford. Uh, you get a bunch of transients going through there, so. Uh,
1: well, they've. Uh, I I was. They've had hundred and fifty some guys who have gone through the Rockford Ice Hogs make play in the NHL.
0: Yeah, but playing in the NHL or be successful
1: in the NHL, well, I'm just, just playing.
0: Doing Sakura NFL. is going to come over there and and knock. I think it's and, also and, and have a word the Rockford with Rockford Ice
1: Hogs. Have- come on. Brandon
3: Peary I mean- is uh, knocking on the door. Jeremy Marin. <laughs>
1: Didn't they introduce a ring of fame or something? And it's
3: Adam like, Clendenning
1: <laughs>
0: for like three times that he came through there. Like,
1: I mean, Hugh if Jessamine. And <laughs> we're doing, then Jeremy Morin's got to get a spot. Yeah. All right. Oh my Jeremy God. The Morin
3: Hawks made another trade. Time. Oh, they got Jeremy Morin back for the
1: fifth time. Great. <laughs> yeah.
3: And Adam Clendenning.
0: He wasn't even anywhere yeah. around or, or with the organization, but someone just threw it in anyway so that they could come back
1: apparently it's it's part of it so the the ice hogs have been around for 25 years they've got a ring of honor so that's gonna be a new thing and then they're gonna retire crawford's number so that i mean that's that's cool i'm, I'm cool with that they're also gonna retire steve martinson uh steve Martin, wow well no i think he's gonna just gonna yeah or he's gonna join the broadcast i'm sorry uh i can't <laughs> remember they announced a couple guys whose jersey or, or whose names are gonna be in the ring of honor and i I can't seem to find it right
0: now. All right. Well, to the Google machine for you, sir. Yes,
1: Um, sir. (laughs) I'm going to go to ask Jeeves. I think he's
0: better. Eric, what do you, you got any, any, anything crazy about uh, Corey Crawford you want to throw in?
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, well-deserved. He was, he spent a lot of time in rock Vegas for sure. So uh, yeah, cool to see him get the honor for sure. Okay, cool.
0: All right. Enough of that. Um, I think we all agreed it's fine. Uh, I'm going to skip to something that uh, Eric was going to bring up, so I'm going to let Eric take take this one um, because I don't know the exact details on it. Um, but the Board of Governors discussing possible OT rule changes to limit extended possession times. Go ahead and explain
2: that a little bit about what uh, what you found on that. Sure. So. Uh, There was a a Board of Governors meeting, I believe, on Monday, Um, and basically the topic that came up and they're discussing, and it sounds like nothing was decided now, but they're going to get some feedback and then circle back on it at the big meeting in spring, is whether or not they want to tweak the rules in overtime to limit or prevent teams from doing the, you know, pull it back out into the neutral zone or their own zone regroup, get a line change, and then attack again. It sounds like there's, um, you know, some talk about, you know, is that really the intention of overtime and how we want games being determined and, and, you know, things like that. So that's kind of the discussion that is going on right now. Interesting. Um, I'm all for anything
0: that avoids us having to deal with the shootout. Uh, I hate the shootout. Uh, it's, I think it's past its time. Like when a game actually gets to a shootout, people are just like, Oh wait, we still do this. Like, it's like, just let's get rid of this shootout. Let's, let's actually play hockey uh, with at least, you know, a handful of players on the, on the ice. And let's, let's make hockey plays instead of just throwing the goalies out there as a sacrificial lamb all the time. And, you know, goalies losing games because they can't make a, a break, you know, like, Robin Leonard famously couldn't stop anything in a shootout. But he would he'd be lights out for the entire game and overtime. You get him to a shootout and then he loses a shootout one nothing or whatever
1: mm-hmm. because
0: uh that's stupid rule. Like shootouts suck. Like penalty shots are one thing. Shootouts suck.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh yeah. If you take anything from this podcast, shootouts suck.
0: <laughs> shootouts suck. Yeah. Shawnee, you had anything you want to add about that, about the uh, possession and the OT stuff?
1: It makes sense because over time, a lot of just whoever has the puck, like controls the entire flow of it. And then they basically, they've got to, the goalie's got to make a save in order for them, the other team to regain possession and do the same thing the other way. So I'm on board with it. I'm on board with the change.
3: Bartle. All right, so... I too also hate the shootout. Um, I also don't like three on three overtime. I'm I I get that it's exciting. It's to me, it's just it's very gimmicky. Um, I'm old enough to remember when it was you know five on five for five minutes at the end, no one scored. It was a freaking tie. I would go to ten minutes and make it five on five. That is hockey. Um, if you want to do four on four, I'm okay with that because we do that. Um, you know, during you know, in certain penalty situations, if there's matching minors, whatever it is, they did in be the a okay a forever, that forever, too. What's did
1: that? They do that in the A forever. The AHL did that for a long time. I think they did. Four. I think you're right.
3: Um, but yeah, I, I'm not a fan of three on three. I, I just think it's too gimmicky. I, you know, it's it's like, and they get the shootout, the shootout's garbage. So yeah. it, that's, like, that's like having a field goal contest at overtime for in football. So, uh, hey, how yeah, about I this for with... a
0: comparison? NBA yeah. Jam, it's too yeah. NBA Jam ish. Remember is. that game?
1: Oh, yeah,
0: 100%. 100%. <laughs> boom, shakalaka. <laughs> yep, there you go. Yeah, yeah, so that's um, a real relevant uh
3: comparison. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I mean, you, I would go back to the ties. Why, well, I mean, I, I know people don't love ties, but hey, you know what, let's decide you know, the normal way. And if it's a tie, it's a tie. Big freaking deal. There's ties in soccer. Who cares?
0: I mean, even if you moved it to like seven minutes, um, maybe, maybe they started four on four for the first four minutes. And then for the last three, do three on three. Like, I think that would end most games. I mean, I I know it. I know it is very like it be being a goalie. I know that's the first time everybody's heard that, but me being a goalie. uh,
1: Wait, you played goalie?
0: You know, being a goalie, like just leaving the goalies out there is like the the la- the only defense being played out there. Uh, it is kind of gimmicky in a way. Uh, you're basically it's like basically during regular play, like putting a bigger net behind the goalie. Like it's it's just it's doing something that's unnatural to the game. I get that. But at least it's more hockey than. Yeah a shootout like a shootout just one-on-one penalty shots penalty shots are things that like d- happen very infrequent and it's a special thing um, and I get all that
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's like that it's not really hockey to me as far as that goes you know yeah. it, it's that's you know I get it in the, in the respect that like it's a PR marketing tool you see the guys make all these moves and yeah. they can throw them on ESPN and they can do that I get that And I could, I could probably swallow that part of it just to be like, it's, it's for the good of the game. It's for the growth of the game that we want to get these, these, these fancy, you know, Michigan move stuff uh, out there. I get that, but like maybe just going you know, four on four for the first four minutes and do seven minutes total and do last three minutes, three on three. You got to think there's going to be some tired guys out there. Uh, They've been playing all the, like the games, almost every game is going to end before you get to a shootout. I mean, You know, and then maybe a tie is the thing. Maybe a tie
3: is a thing after seven minutes. Maybe you just say that's it. It's over. Because here's the thing. I mean, to me, there's nothing more exciting than overtime hockey in the playoffs. And I know it's different than a regular season game in the middle of November. I know it's different. I get that. The stakes are a lot higher. But, you know, this is how you kind of prepare for it. This is how, you know. If there's a tie, there's a tie. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, to me, overtime inherently inherently is just exciting no matter what. Don't gimmick it up. Don't put a, you know, don't, don't put any like makeup on the thing. Let's just make it what it is. It's hockey, which is 5 on 5 or if you want to go 4 on 4, I maybe can get by that, but um just make it 5 on 5. But if you want to do 10 minutes, maybe the PA will agree to 10 minutes, but that's it. Sort of-
0: so to paraphrase, you don't put any lipstick on the pig, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. When <laughs> you want to do that, that's fine. <laughs> hey, what what you do in the comfort of your own home is your own business. Exactly.
3: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to be um, going,
1: going back to the Rockford thing, it was J.F. Rivard, Corey Crawford, and it was Steve Martinson are going into the Ring of Honor. So. Right. Wait, J.F. who? J.F. – Rivard, he was a he was a goal. Uh, I thought it was name?
3: J.F. Demfoos or something like that. No, Demfoos, it's, it's
1: Re- whoa! He was a goalie for them.
0: This, this sounds like a Cliff Clavin. Three guys that have never been in my living room.
3: Cliff, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we, are we sure Martin Saint Pierre didn't make it? <laughs> J.P. Dumont, Ooh. <laughs> Martin, Martin Saint Pierre, yeah.
1: Predators legend. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we could, we could go on the, and on. He played for anyway. the Ice Hogs from '99 to 03 when they were in the UHL. Oh, so, the U. So. The nobody U. cares. <laughs> keep wearing a Rangers jersey, all right? I nobody
2: cares, Sean.
0: <laughs> nobody cares. Well, in Stay honor at of
1: home, Eric.
0: In honor <laughs> of Eric's jersey. Nice segue, Sean. You didn't even know it, or maybe you did. Um, the Patrick Kane talk. Uh, there's been some talk lately. Let's wrap up on this one. Uh, there's been some Patrick Kane talk that where he may or may not go. Um, as Sean was talking about, uh, in our pre chat before we started this, Tag Thompson got hurt in Buffalo. Mm. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that may, uh, that may ratchet up a little bit of, uh, hope that maybe, uh, Patrick Kane will make it back home the real, his real home, not his second home in Chicago. Um, But there's some other stuff out there. Eric, what do you think?
2: Yeah, well, the reason why I'm wearing a New York Rangers number 88 jersey tonight is because there was a report from Larry Brooks from the New York – Eric, he is a bad, (laughs) bad man. Classic. Um, A report from Larry Brooks from the New York Post yesterday that said that the Rangers are not in on Kane this time around. So, um, you know, obviously – with the teams you know in question of who he might consider, who might consider him, obviously the Rangers were always kind of assumed to be in that conversation. So it's interesting to hear that they're, they're not in on him at all this time around. Um, there was also a report that he had met with the Toronto Maple Leafs the other day. So I don't know how they would manage to do that, but there's that. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously with the news of the great tag Thompson getting hurt, uh, you know the Sabres definitely could make a lot of sense, and uh, I still feel like the the Stars and Panthers are definitely gonna be in it as well.
3: Bardo. Yeah, I'm not surprised that some teams. I think we're going to see more teams drop out. I think there's going to be a lot of concern about his injury because not a lot of uh, players have come back uh, to be what they are. I mean, he's going to he's going to have to take a one year deal, in my opinion. You know, one oh, year, sure. three million, one year, four million. If anybody's going two years, eight million for him, they're crazy. Um, and he should jump at that too because he's not getting anything from uh, anything more than that. But, yeah, I I mean, the injury is still a concern because of the the type of injuries uh, specifically. So um, we'll see. I mean, it it looks like uh, we're going to get a resolution on this probably in the next week or so.
1: Shawnee. I'm staying with Buffalo. I think he doesn't want to go to Buffalo, but I think he's going to run out of options, and Buffalo is literally going to be the only team. Like, we will let you come and play in late November or early December like you want to. You could play out this year. We'll have Kane, Buffalo Sabers jerseys. They'll sell like hotcakes. Uh, you know, and Eric and will have a, one. Eric will yeah. have one. Maybe he'll get a Tag Thompson one too. You never know. Yeah. Um, and that's, while wearing that's his Tage Hoyer be. watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if you can afford a Tage Hoyer watch, are you? Why are you on this podcast? <laughs> All right.
0: Well, I don't know if you guys are aware, but if if you if you don't follow me on Twitter, you don't notice. I am like a closet Buffalo Sabres fan. I love that team, like they're. Uh, I, I like a lot about their team, and I think they're going to be really good in a couple of years. So, like, sure, said Patrick Kane. You know, bring Patrick Kane home. Like, I don't know that um, for them. I don't know there's any downside for it because, you know, he could he could just walk in there on his reputation alone and sell a ton of jerseys because he's home and everyone wants to see, you know, it was kind of like Chelios in Chicago. And, you know, everyone wanted to see their hometown, the hometown guy. When he and played for
1: put, the Wolves, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, well, it's it. funny because the
3: Sabres are a team that just ha- always has, and they've had for the last several years, um, a lot of young talent. And it's like, could they get somebody in there that can teach them how to, how to win, yeah. how to be a pro? Um, You know, there's probably not many people better to do that than Kane. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've got Tuck, Thompson, Skinner's still there. Don Granado was an assistant with the Blackhawks, I believe, at one point. He was like some mm-hmm. video, some random assistant. So Kane's mm-hmm. familiar with the coach on the staff there. So it's not like he's walking into something, somebody he doesn't know. And, and know, Kevin Adams is stuff. the
2: general manager.
1: Yeah, so... Mm-hmm.
2: And you well, I mean, Power you got still there.
0: Look at that defense with uh, Owen Power and uh, Rasmus Dalene. I mean, they got some nice young defensemen there. Yep. Uh, Tage Thompson, and you got Skinner, Jeff Skinner still there. Um, but you got you know, Tuck, uh, you got a lot of nice young kids in there Middle that step. are just like push them over the like
2: should yeah, have been I, I a re- Blackhawk Dylan Cousins.
0: Yeah, Dylan Cousins. Like mm-hmm. he's he's turning out to be a nice player. Um, yeah they've got a few really nice players that are sitting there and, and their goaltending is okay. Uh, you know, Devin Levi's got to figure some stuff out and um could Pekka Lohonen, I think is the, I
1: think, yeah. Luke Pekka Devin.
0: Devin. Yeah. I, I was going off the top of my head. I don't have it on a screen. So it's, that's it's the best right. I can do. Trying to pronounce I like right. him. We get it. I, I like him too. Like, I think that once they get, uh, once they get their feet set, uh, there's gonna be two good goalies. Like I think it, And for some reason, I just got a soft spot for like those old Buffalo jerseys, like the blue with the gold, uh, Mm -hmm. and a little bit of white piping on there. Like I love those blue jerseys for some reason. Like I don't like them when they're St. Louis blue, when they got a St. Louis blues logo on the front, but I love it when it's got the Buffalo Sabres logo on the front. So, and
1: Buffalo will finally get Patrick Kane and they won't have to give up Ryan Miller for him.
0: (laughs) There you go. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah anyone else got anything to say and anything else about the uh, Kane thing or are we, we go with that. All right. No, I did put out for questions, but we really didn't get any. It was kind of a last minute thing. Uh, so we'll probably wrap it up. But uh, before we do wrap it up, I do want uh, uh, to, to bring up um, since, you know, we're doing this more often. Andy has been doing a great job. I'm just fill in guy tonight, but since we've been doing it a little more often uh, and we do see that people are actually listening and watching, but if you go to if you could go to uh, the podcast app or look up the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you could leave a like a review and a rating on there, that would be really nice. We haven't had a, any real ratings or any or any actually reviews on there for a couple of years, actually. But well, we know people
1: are... I left Andy's school, that's why we don't get reviews <laughs> <No>. anymore.
0: <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I mean, I know I know a lot of you you kids out there. Uh, know how to use the app and how to get in there and put, uh, reviews. But if you, you just, it it will bump us up a little bit. It'll get us a little more, uh, you know, further up the charts and recommended and we'll get more listeners and what, and actually like what I would like to do. And my plan is I've still got, even though we don't really, uh, promote the puck hockey thing, I have some puck hockey swag that I could, um, I've got way too much of it. Uh, I'd like to give some away to some listeners or maybe Mm. somebody that, uh, that leaves a really good review up there. I might be able to now, granted you're probably going to have to be like the same size as me. Cause it all came in my size. But um, if you wear a large or an extra large and you want, you know, a, a piece of puck hockey swag that I might have laying around here. Um, so Ray's going to
1: leave a review and get a shirt. Is that how it's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs>
0: He'd have to figure that out. He'd have to have his daughters figure it out for him on the app. Probably. So yeah, that's that's a little bit of inspiration, and if not, and if it, if it's not even, uh... <laughs> Jake Pro said, "Save my marriage reviews are a plus." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jake Pro. Jake Pro has been around so long; he used to listen to the Puckett Hostel shoutcast back when, we, when I was doing that before this, so more than seven years ago. So, thanks, Jake, uh, on that one too. for continuing. on for continuing on to be a fan. But yeah, even if we don't have like a shirt that'll fit you, maybe I could find some like rink uh, decals or something like that around here that I was, that I could send you. So please just go out there. It would help us out if you go out there and uh, you know, give us a positive review. Um, I I don't think we're quite as under turmoil as we were with some of those reviews. If you look at them, it's people that very targeted came, came at me and uh, John way back when, but that, uh, times have changed Andy's a Andy's a little more of a democratic guy uh, and uh doesn't ruffle as many feathers neither does Bartle or sean
1: or eric so if you like I just this make pod- you guys stop talking that's all i do
0: <laughs> yeah i know dead silence
1: yeah. um you know anyone
0: else got mind. anything that they need to plug or get out there well I, I got no go ahead
1: I say, um i i'm not probably not gonna finish this article but uh Matt Tompkins deserves to start against uh, the Hawks just for languaging in Indy and Rockford. Did you know that he was the he record for most wins in the ECHL at 29? <laughs> and he ranks like five or top three in minutes and saves. So I think it'd be a nice thing. He's yeah, but minor league goalie. is just getting a chance this year to start against the team that drafted him. So there's, yeah,
0: name. I was surprised they didn't actually start him when in that game. And it didn't like, it didn't matter anyway, because they got smashed either way. Yeah. Uh, but the, that game in Tampa, I thought would be nice, but yeah, in Chicago might be actually a better idea. Yeah. so I kind of agree with that one. Uh, also I know Eric never pumps his podcast, but pump your podcast, Eric, you probably get more listeners than we do, but, uh, pump your, <laughs> pump your card card podcast
2: sure for any hockey card collectors check out center ice card it's me and a collecting buddy from the toronto area that uh we talk cards We show off stuff that we get we open boxes of cards we have uh people from upper deck and other card companies on to talk about different products and and share insight on things and uh yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. So if you're into collecting or are interested in collecting or are curious about collecting, um, obviously now is a good time to get into it with Connor Bedard's rookie cards starting to come out. Um, so yeah, check that out. Sunrise Cardcast. You can find it YouTube or any podcast platform pretty much. So thanks. And,
1: and Eric will get you get you a deal on a card if you're looking for one.
2: That's right. Andy and I do a lot of, uh, Andy, will, Andy will just text me out of the blue sometime to say, Hey, can you find me this? Or, Hey, I saw this online. You know, can you find one? You know, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, and Gate too. I've I've uh, helped Gate out with some some Stan Makita and Colin Delia stuff in the past. So,
1: Dylan's yep. throw rookie cards are still readily
2: available. I have some that I am happy to sell to anybody <laughs> interested. There you go. Um, I think I, I got to cool give
3: man. a quick uh, birthday shout out to my son Dylan, who uh, turns ten on uh, Sunday. So nice, happy birthday, buddy! Love you. Woo! All right. Good job, Dylan. <clears throat> awesome.
2: Cool. I've All got, right. I've got one last shout out here sure. yeah, bring it. to our, our leader of the Colorado division, Brennan. Um, he had a snide remark in the comments that it's past my bedtime. Uh, <laughs> Brennan, I don't appreciate that, but you are absolutely correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the Colorado division. They pump out articles like it's going out of style. They do a lot. So yeah, they not, do. If you're not reading it, like, uh, if you're not reading it, you're missing out. They put out a lot of good stuff. College,
2: the yeah. NHL. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not just the Avalanche. It's the Colorado Eagles and the in the AHL as well as Denver University. So they, you know, They're killing it with the Denver great, coverage. Great stuff. Yeah. yeah,
1: they're
0: killing it with Denver coverage. They're, they're doing Maybe a good job.
1: Denver alumni and former Blackhawks prospect, Blake Killman on the show. You never know. <laughs> I just made it yeah. up.
0: Hey, you never know. We were going to work together. So, yeah, that's Jay uh let's see. We got Ryan and uh, Brennan and Savvy and now Zach, right? I got yep. I think I hit everyone. Yeah. Yep. So good job out there. They're doing they're doing a kick ass job with uh the, the avalanche stuff. I know people get a little confused when they see avalanche stuff coming through our website, but we have different divisions and we have almost for most of the the life of the website. So um they they're actually just they're killing it out there. So I want to think we're kind of, we're
3: kind of like Amazon, you know, there's like Amazon music, there's Amazon books, there's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like that. It's very simple. Bring, Amazon yeah. hats. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. No.
0: I mean, all right. All right. This is getting silly now. <laughs> all right. Well, with, uh, with all that stuff we've done all of our, we've done all of our plugs, make sure you follow us on all the social medias at the rink official on almost everything, uh, for the, for the Chicago Divisions at the rink, Chicago at the rink, Colorado on on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. Z or whatever. (laughs) Whatever Elon's calling it today. Uh, The Ringcast 2 and I'm at Puckin Hostel. We have Bardo. It's ASB 1216. I remember that off the top of my head. And Eric is WA Laxer 19 and Sean is Diesel D-I-S-S-A Is is that Diesel?
1: Yeah, D-I-E-S-A-L 3426. I didn't earn the E. That's why I don't have an E.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say you misspelled it anyway, which is so Sean. Uh, yeah, yeah
1: so. it's right on brand. I misspelled yeah, it, and is, mispronounced it. It's it on is on brand.
0: brand, and don't forget Andy Campbell sixteen on Twitter too. Uh, say something nice to, about him. If you want to put that in the in the review, talk about how Andy's great, and whenever Gates on, he ruins it. That's fine. I, I'm cool with that too, which wouldn't be far from the truth. Um, so uh, until next week, I think we got tomorrow. We got uh, is it tomorrow? They're playing the Lightning. So mm-hmm. Riley playing the Lightning. Riley playing the Lightning. Let's see if Connor Bernard can continue his uh, goal-scoring pace. And uh, till next week, when maybe Andy will be back. Maybe Andy will be back. But probably will. Uh, till next episode. See you on the rink.